0: with me, Lucy Parsons. Welcome to today's show. Today, we're going to be talking about three hard truths about what it takes to succeed at GCSE and A-level. But before we dive into that, I just want to say a massive congratulations to all the students and their families who have been going through the assessments over this last half term. I know many A-level students will have finished last week, Um, And hopefully everybody will have finished by the end of this week. It really has been a tough time for everybody involved, students, parents, teachers, even brothers and sisters and academic coaches like me as well. (laughs) So I just want to say well done to everybody for getting through this and I also want to say now is the time to rest and really absorb and take in what has happened over the last year or even two school years because it's been a lot it's been traumatic and it's really important to kind of take the time to process it so that it doesn't impact you in terms of your health in the long term and that's a really, really important message to take home. Anytime you go through anything stressful or difficult, it's really important to take the time to process it so that it doesn't have long-term consequences for you. This is something that I've been learning about quite a lot at the moment. For my own sake, for my own health, and I'm becoming more and more passionate about incorporating it into, um, the work that i do but i'm not going to go into it deeply now but just on that note i want to say that i'm not going to be publishing a brand new podcast next week during half term week um if you're listening in the future i'm talking about may 2021 um because it has been so tough and i found it really really hard dealing with all the changes and everything and i think it's important that i model some kind of self-care to you. So I'm not going to publish a new podcast episode next week, um, but there are, I think, 116 (laughs) in the archive. So there's plenty there to go back and listen to, and you probably haven't listened to every single one of them. So if you're missing me, there's plenty there. There's also plenty on my YouTube channel. Um, It's not my main form of sharing stuff, but I do now share these podcasts as well on the YouTube channel to help them reach more people. And there are literally hundreds of blog posts on my website. So if you go to lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash blog, you can find them all there. Or you can pick out some of the ones that I think are most helpful and most important if you go to lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash resources. And um, Yeah, so I'm going to be taking a break next week because I deserve it, you deserve it, we all deserve it. The only other thing I wanted to tell you about is on the 12th of June, we have a How to Revise A-Level Physics Masterclass. Um, So if that's of interest to you, please pop it in your diaries. It's a Saturday morning, I think it's at 10am, but it's on the 12th of June. And that will be really, really helpful, like all the other masterclasses we have in the club, um, for anybody who's taking physics. And um, all the information about that will be out in the week after half term. So if you're interested in that, look out for it then. Okay, let's get on with today's show. Three hard truths about what it takes to succeed at GCSE and A level. easy to succeed at GCSE and A level. I think we all know this intellectually but many people seem to resist the reality of what it really takes. In this podcast I'm going to share three hard truths about what it takes to succeed at GCSE and A level. It's up to you whether you fully take them on board. So hard truth number one you have to study a lot. In the past few days, I've seen a couple of examples of people complaining about the amount of work that goes into doing well in GCSEs and A-levels. One was the mother of a Year 11 student who was pointing out that her son had mocks in November, then in March, and was now taking his final assessments in May. I pointed out to her that this really isn't that different to a normal GCSE year. It's just that this year, the final assessments have started earlier and will finish earlier than normal and there's been the uncertainty and unpredictability of the pandemic to deal with. The workload, though, hasn't been that different to normal. The other was a mum of a year 12 student who said her daughter was literally drowning in homework and didn't have time to revise for her year 12 exams, which were happening in two weeks. I asked her how much homework she was doing each week for each subject. She said three to four hours. The thing is, three to four hours per week per subject is the lower range of what I would recommend a year 12 student does. I'd actually recommend they do four to six hours per subject per week and if you want more detail on how much you need to work in both the GCSE and A-level years I've got a blog post called The Weekly Routine of a Straight A Student, um, which you can Google or there's a link to it in today's show notes, which you'll find at lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash hard truths. So I think the thing I should say, that blog post is called The Weekly Routine of a Straight A Student. Because these are the numbers I give to people if they really, really want to reach their potential. And it is my belief that most neurotypical students can get A's and A-stars across the board if they put in that amount of work. But people, families, students can choose to do less if those aren't their aspirations. So the numbers I give, because people tell me when they come to me, they say, we want to, parents say they want their child to reach their academic potential. So these are the numbers I give to help people reach that academic potential. And these are the things that I did when I was at school to get the grades that I got and in get into Cambridge University. But if that's not your aspiration, then you can cut down on that. But if it's, you know, you just have to be really clear about what your aspiration is and what you're willing to put in to get out what you want to get out. Okay, so these two parents that I've talked about, the one who thought her son was just doing way too much with his GCSE assessments and the one whose daughter was in year 12 and said she was drowning in homework. What's behind their resistance? So I detect beneath these complaints about the amount of work that's required for a young person to do. A fundamental mismatch between a what some parents and students think life should look like at this stage of their teenage years and b what it actually takes and what is demanded by the education system for students to reach their potential. I feel that some families value their children having a social life, doing loads of hobbies, learning to drive, having a part time job, etc, etc, far more than others. So other families will put the academic stuff at the top of the list. And that's completely normal for different people from different backgrounds to have different aspirations and priorities. But the trouble is, if students are going to achieve the higher grades in the new look GCSEs and A-levels brought in by Michael Gove as part of the Conservative government's overhaul of education between 2010 and 2017, then having this kind of lifestyle isn't 100% realistic. Students can have some of those things, the hobbies, the learning to drive, the part-time job, all that kind of stuff. But most students can't have all of them if they're truly going to hit the high spots in their GCSEs and A-levels. Ultimately, it's up to families to decide what their priorities are. The rich out-of-school life or focusing on meeting their academic potential. Don't get me wrong, there are ways to have balance in a student's life and look after their mental and physical health as well. And these are things that I work with families on in the Extraordinaries Club. But if families resist the demands of the system or try to pull too far their own way, that's when I see students getting overwhelmed by their lives and disappointed with their results. I don't think this is the way it should be. And the more and more time I do this job and see the impact of the education system on young people, the more I think it needs to swing back the other way. But the reality is, if you want your children to reach their potential in the current system, they're going to have to work much harder than many parents think is ideal. Don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger. I know what it takes to succeed in this system. If you don't like the system, I'm not the person that you should be complaining to. You should be complaining to the current education secretary and you know the schools and everybody who is implementing this stuff but the biggest thing is the government. So hard truth number two, young people need to take responsibility for their own outcomes. The students who get the best grades are the ones who take full responsibility for their grades. They see their teachers as useful facilitators to be respected and used as a very helpful resource. But they know it's up to them and them alone to do what it takes to reach their potential. So it's really important not to rely too heavily on teachers. Teachers are amazing people. They're not paid masses for how hard they work and the dedication they have to their job. I used to be one and i know many many incredible teachers who have an amazing impact on their students however not all teachers are like this and even the ones who are like this aren't necessarily like this all the time some teachers discover they're in the wrong job others get sick or have a baby and need time off others might get distracted by things in their personal life basically real life happens to teachers too all of this means that teachers aren't necessarily on their a game all of the time i saw this in my own education i remember doing the physics segment of my GCSE science and being taught by a newly qualified biology teacher she was a brilliant person who formed great relationships with her students but she couldn't teach physics for Toffee. I did the worst I've ever done in the module test on that particular unit of work, and that made me realise that I had to take things into my own hands if I wanted to get an A star in science. I got a book out of the library and taught myself the physics this teacher had failed to teach me, and that enabled me to get my A stars. So the message here is, Students need to take responsibility for their own results and be ready to teach themselves. Time and time again, it's the students who I see taking full responsibility for their own outcomes that do the very best. The ones who are passengers on the train ride of their own education are the ones who don't do as well as they could. You may be thinking, but Lucy, isn't this what teachers are paid to do? Yes, they are. But it doesn't mean you can rely on them, and in actual fact, even the very best teachers require their students to take an active, as opposed to a passive, part in their education. It's simply what it takes to succeed. Truth number three, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Over and over again, I see students who've been passively riding the train of their own education, see truth number two above. Get to January of year 11 or year 13 and suddenly realise they've got to get serious. The trouble is, GCSEs and A-levels are a marathon, not a sprint. It's the students who revise from the first week of their courses Diligently making a few flashcards every night after school, searching out the exam specifications and examiner's reports, getting their heads around mark schemes in year 10 or year 12, and making sure every, each week's work is secure in their knowledge and understanding before they go on to the next week that go on to succeed. The students who don't do this arrive in January or February of their exam years like rabbits in the headlights, overwhelmed by the catching up they need to do. This is why Year 10 and Year 12 exams are so important as opportunities to consolidate learning because once Year 11 and Year 13 start, it's like students are on an express train with no stops until they reach their final destination. This is also why I strongly suggest families join the Extraordinaries Club by September of year 11 or 13 at the very latest, rather than leaving it until January of that school year, but preferably join in year 10 or year 12. When they do this, I can help them get the right habits and routines in place that mean they can have the best balance possible throughout their exam years see truth one at the beginning and they don't get that sickening sense of overwhelm in the january of year 11 or year 13. now what i've said today may not be what you wanted to hear for many these hard truths are really difficult to take and they might not fit with your view of how young people should spend their teenage years remember i'm the messenger I didn't create this system. I just know how to get students through it in the best way possible, both in terms of reaching their full academic potential, but also doing it in the most balanced way possible to protect and promote their mental and physical health as they go through. If you want to blame someone, write to your MP. Write to the Education Secretary and use your vote wisely at the ballot box because the system we have is based on political ideology. But in the meantime, we can help. If these hard truths are a bit of a shock to you or you know you need help with putting the things I've talked about into action, join the Extraordinaries Club. It's our online hub where we teach GCSE and A-level students the study skills, habits and mindset to reach their potential and work with their parents so they can support their children in the best way possible. If you'd like to know more about the Extraordinaries Club, go to theextraordinariesclub.com and you can find that link in today's show notes. I really hope that you found today's episode useful, even if it wasn't exactly what you wanted to hear. And I also really hope that you have a wonderful half term week next week because everybody deserves some quality time off. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and goodbye.